Almighty Yahweh, how great and wonderful you are. We're so grateful that you allowed us this opportunity to be here. Almighty Yahweh, we, you told us to come before your presence with thanksgiving, Almighty Yahweh. And so that's, that's one thing that we strive to do, Almighty Yahweh, to remember you in all the things that we do. And uh, whether we sit down to eat a wonderful meal or we sit down to study your word or to fellowship with the brethren, Almighty Yahweh, to, to learn of one another, to encourage one another, and to praise you. Almighty Yahweh, we just uh, can't say thank you enough. We thank you for your son, Yahshua, who we can look to and we can learn many, many things, especially, Almighty Yahweh, how to apply your word. This is one of the main things that you want us to do. You want us to apply those things that we're learning, Almighty Yahweh. Almighty Yahweh, we thank you for the music ministry. Uh, we pray that the offerings were a blessing. Uh, we thank you for the elders here, Almighty Yahweh, and all the others that contribute in so many ways, Almighty Yahweh, that your word might go out. We pray a blessing on those here, those that couldn't be here, those that are listening to this, Almighty Yahweh, and watching this. Uh, we pray that your word will continue to touch people, Almighty Yahweh, that they might want to learn more of you, Almighty Yahweh, and ultimately come into the fold. So, Almighty Yahweh, we also pray for this nation, pray for the leaders, and we, we thank you for this freedom that we have, Almighty Yahweh. We ask you and we say all these things in the name of your precious Son, Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I chose this title. But it's not necessarily going to be about baptism. I have a lot of questions here, and uh, I'll start out with a little joke. What did the one uh, mushroom say to the other mushroom? Anybody guess? I really am a fun guy. <laughs> you know, I figured I'd break the ice with that. Uh, I was going back uh, into the archives, and I think everybody should, especially people that maybe you just tap onto YRM. They have an archive there uh, with the MP3s. They also have the videos, but I, I keyed in on two MP3s, and I was listening to one last night. It's called Trust in the Brotherhood. Excellent message. A lot of us are concerned about prophecy in the end times. And so I took some inspiration out of those messages. Uh, so I started out asking myself, you might ask yourself this too. Is the truth hate speech? Do fluffy messages make you feel good? If you answer no, then the almighty Yahweh can work with you. If you answered yes, almighty Yahweh can still work with you. But he will need to influence you through his Kodesh or set-apart spirit. And while going back and listening to past sermons and looking through the archives, I asked myself, how is it that these old messages still apply to this day, to this time? We're talking about more than 10 years past. You go back, you listen to the messages, they apply to this day right now. How is that? The only thing I could think of is the spirit of Yahweh. If we look at 
Genesis, the things still apply to this day. So that's how Yahweh works. Now, is our faith stronger now than when we first began to walk in the ways of Almighty Yahweh? Remember, the message last week was, how is your walk? Where are you at? And so we need to ask ourselves these things. You know, going through the message last night of trust in the brotherhood, one thing was we need to learn to trust one another. When I get up here, you're going to trust that I'm not going to sit here and joke around and tell lies, right? I'm going right to the word. And we're going to try to divide it. So we'll read scriptures, and they might talk to you different than they might have talked to me. But as long as Yahweh is talking to you where you're at, are we still striving? Are we still starving for righteousness? This is something that tugs at a lot of us, right? Especially when you come to Yahweh and you're sick and you're tired about how maybe your situation is and you want it to change. So we're not automatically sanctified after baptisms. I want to read from this book that I have. It's called Gates of Prayer uh, for Shabbat and weekdays, and I thought I could apply it to this. It starts out, page 105, it says, These are duties whose worth cannot be measured. Honoring one's father and mother. Acts of love and kindness. Diligent pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. Hospitality to strangers. Visiting the sick. Celebrating with bride and groom. Consoling the bereaved. Praying with sincerity. And making peace where there is strife. And the study of Torah leads to them all. That is, for me, a beautiful clincher. If you continue to study, even if you have a lot of questions, if you don't understand certain things, why Yahweh tells us to do certain things, Yahweh is ultimately, he's going to lead you to where you need to be. After Yahshua was resurrected, at one point he asked Simon Peter three times, Simon, do you love me? Simon, do you love me? And the third time, you know, Simon was bothered already. Why do you keep asking me the same question? I already answered you twice. The same question is being asked today. Yahshua's still asking, do you love me? Right? And he tells us, if you love me, you would keep my commandments. We can't argue against that. He's the master. He's done it. He's seen it. He's been through it. He's been through persecution. I mean, we just read there in Mark how, you know, he come to save the people, and then you got a group of people that want to kill him. He also told uh, Peter in Luke twenty two thirty two. you want to go there, I do not have any slides at all whatsoever, so you'll get your exercise today. Put that RSB to good use or whatever uh, version you have. And uh, if it speaks a little differently, then that might even be a blessing. In Luke 22, uh, he started out in verse 31. He said, And the master said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. 
And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. What is he saying there? He's saying that Peter wasn't converted yet. Why would he tell them when you are converted, strengthen your brethren? And so we at one point were in his shoes at that same situation. We were not converted. As one brother told me, he said, just because you got baptized doesn't mean you're converted. You haven't converted yet. It's not automatic. You may have been walking in certain footsteps and you have a certain understanding. And uh, it takes a certain understanding to come to the waters of baptism. Some of this inspiration also came from a, a conversation with a sister. But uh, let's continue here because Elder Allen had used this scripture last week. And uh, sometimes when uh, the person before us might use some scriptures, we might want to change our topics. I said, no. Yahweh in his infinite wisdom said he would circumcise our heart. Why would he say that? Why would he need to do that? You go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 6. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6. Some of this is future. It says, And Yahweh thy Elohim will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed. To love Yahweh, thy Elohim, with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. Circumcision made without hands. The master surgeon who searches where no human doctor can see wants to know if we're truly sincere. If you go to Jeremiah 17, I'll start in verse 9. You know, some of these verses, uh, it's kind of awesome because um, we, we touch on them over and over and over and over. After a while, you get to memorize these. Your mind 17. I want to key on 10, but you start on 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, Yahweh, search the heart. I try the reins even to give Every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You have a Restoration Study Bible, uh, I believe from the second edition and third. Um, if you look at that word uh, heart and reins, in the Hebrew is 3820 for heart and for reins is 3629. You can go to the back, you can look it up. That word heart is 3820 it comes from 3824 is the same used in Deuteronomy 6:5 if you know the Shema right Shema Yisrael Yahweh Elohimu Yahweh Echad you go to the next verse it says and you shall love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart with all your soul and so on and you should teach that to the kids it's the same word well when you look at the heart and the reins this is a kind of like a metaphor you know, does Yahweh really search your heart? Does he really search your kidneys? If you look at the definitions, it says there, deceit of emotions. It's what makes you tick. It's where your intentions are. Why do you do what you do? Deceit of emotions reveal true intentions. That's, the scripture says that the word of Yahweh is sharp, like a two-edged sword, and it tests what we're doing, why we want to do it, the reasons why we want to do things. 
So that was Jeremiah 17.10. Now, you go to Revelation 2.23. I found this. It just hit me pretty hard. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 23. Now, this is Yahshua speaking. Remember, 17.10 Jeremiah, that was Yahweh. So you go to Revelation 2.23. And it's concerning the children of Jezebel. It starts out, and I will kill her children with death. And all the assembly shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. And I give unto every one of you according to your works. Did you catch the similarities in the two verses? In Jeremiah, Yahweh searches the hearts and the reins. And then you go to Revelation and Yahshua speaking. He says he searches the hearts and the reins. Ah, now let me see. Can we be talking about Yahweh in the Old Testament? It could be. You got to put it together. Right? Or, or, or it could be. Both have the same power. Because does Yahshua have the power to forgive sins? Yes, he does. Some people got upset. Yahweh gave them this. He gave them that authority to forgive sins. Imagine that. And so when I come across this here, I mean, you have two master surgeons. So that means Yahshua knows your intentions. In a lot of scriptures it says he knows the heart of man and how man is. And that's why he would either do certain things or he wouldn't do certain things. Like when he spoke in parables. Why did he speak in parables? Because he knew that some would just push the word to the side and wouldn't act upon it. So he came to those that really wanted it. Because not everybody wanted to hear Yahshua's message. So that right there, I thought that was pretty interesting. Because if you're talking about the master surgeon, you know, they both have the same power. But they're not the same person, you see? I mean, because who gave the revelation... To Yahshua. Yahweh gave it to him. He didn't get it of his own. And then Yahshua gave it to his messenger. And the messenger gave it to John. So we have our order. Like it says in Corinthians. Yahweh is the head of Yahshua. Yahshua is the head of man. And we take it down from there. So to me I say hallelujah for that. You know that taught me a valuable lesson. This is also why Yahshua would judge the saints. And not Yahweh. Because he earned that right, and we're being judged right now, and that's a scary thought. Are we willing to humble ourselves and repent as many times as necessary after baptism? Because some think that they have it all taken care of once they get baptized. Because we ask ourselves, well, what happened to this brother? What happened to this sister? We never heard from them again after they got baptized. We always hope that they continued on in the walk, but it happens like that. And something that also catches my attention as Pastor Randy, he's been saying this over and over year after year. I don't know if you caught it. His question is, are we better? Are we striving to change our ways? Are we doing this? Do, do we progress or do we go backwards? 
You know, I was shocked to hear a minister. He told me once that he thought Abba wanted him to do his thing. This is coming from a minister of Yahweh. I said, how could that be? Yahweh would never, ever tell one of his ministers to go and do his thing. But this is the way some people think. This is where they're at, according to their situation. I don't know what was going on, but this is what he told me. In Revelation 3.19, Revelation 3.19, Yahshua said to the Laodiceans, Revelation 3.19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Some people are only zealous. They forget about the other part. They say, Yahshua told me to be zealous. But he also said, and repent. And we know who he was talking to, but this applies to all the brethren. Because he had issues with all the assemblies there in Revelation. So it's cool to be zealous, but we also have to repent. And after baptism, we got to know that we still have a lot of work to do. This is one of the reasons. Why would Elder Randy ask if we're better, if we were already where we needed to be? He wouldn't need to teach us. Elder Allen wouldn't need to teach us. Yahshua wouldn't need to teach us. So that means that we have a lot of work to do. And here's a question. How is our heart? I'm not talking about, I mean, you could tell yourself, how's your heart? Yeah, sometimes it hurts. Do we have a heart condition? Talking about the scripture there. Yahweh, he tries your intentions, your emotions, what makes you tick. He looks in there like if there's any leavening there during Passover. He wants to know these things. We want to know these things, right? If you listen to past messages, you will hear the brethren say that. Where are we at? Do we need to work on anything? The scripture says in Micah 6 verse 8, a lot of us, we also know this one. In Micah 6, verse 8, it says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth Yahweh require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy Elohim. There's a song, it says, uh, I will sing of the mercies of Yahweh forever. I will sing. I mean, think about it. If it wasn't for Abba's mercy, a lot of us, would not be here because we broke so many Torah commandments that it's pretty pitiful. But when you compare the blessings of Yahweh, you know, he doesn't punish us. It says there, I think in Psalm 139, according to these things. So he requires us to have mercy also on one another. When we wrong one another, say something wrong, we do something wrong. We got to look at the situation. And a lot of times I ask myself, man, I... Sometimes I do worse than these people out here. I got to check myself. I can't be so harsh. I used to be harsh on people right, right, right away when something bad happened. Oh, you must be sinning. But that's not always the case. And you know the song that we just sang, it says, Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to another. It's talking about idolatry, right? This was covered... In the study in Hosea 2.6, the names of Baal, Yahweh's going to take them out. That's why we don't get up here and read Lord and Jesus and Christ when we're worshiping Almighty Yahweh. We would refer to them and we don't criticize and we don't condemn. 
But when you offer to Yahweh worship, and the way that he has shown us, we try to keep it as pure as possible. So, you know, don't think that we're criticizing. If uh, we tell you don't come up here and use titles when you do a special, this is not to muzzle the ox. Um, you know, Micah 6, 8, it lines up perfectly with Galatians five twenty two. All the faithful saints possess these qualities. You go through them, love, joy, peace, goodness, all of them, they possessed all these things. You know, those scriptures, they also line up with Matthew chapter 5. Let's, if you want to go to Matthew chapter 5, you want to follow along. Uh, Matthew 5, 3 to 11, the beautiful attitudes, they line up perfect. You go to Matthew 5, it starts out in verse 3. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see Elohim. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of Elohim. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. That's, that's all right there in Galatians 5.22 as far as I can tell. And in Micah 6.8 he has showed thee O man, what is good, and what doth Yahweh require? To do justly, to love mercy, walk humbly with... That's all right there. That's what Yahshua said. He was repeating this. He was basically telling the people, Listen, if you're going to do what is right, you're going to be blessed. Notice that we get rewarded according to righteous deeds. There's nothing, there's nothing evil there that Yahshua is mentioning. And in Galatians 5.22, when you read all the fruits, it says... Against those fruits, there is no law. The law is for sinners. Now, we're not going to brag and boast, oh, I'm not a sinner. But that's what the law is, is for, to instruct you on how to be righteous. You want to be righteous? Don't do this. Now, how about the opposite, though? What happened to the bad kings of Israel? <laughs> you want to go through, I mean, some depressing stories? You go through kings and you read all the kings of Israel. What happened to them? This Jeroboam just took them off, you know, to a different to a different path, and from then on, forget it. They they never just recovered. What happened to Judas or Simon the sorcerer? They got paid according to their evil works. Judas hanged himself. He said he repented. He went and he hanged himself. And Peter told the sorcerer. That he was still bitter. He told Simon the sorcerer he was still bitter after his baptism. He said, your money perish with you. Because he wanted to buy the Holy Spirit. This is the person that was baptized. He did get baptized. Almighty Yahweh is the master surgeon because he can change us 
without performing open heart surgery. It doesn't have to come down here and do all that. But we have to be willing to change, though. Abba's correction, you know, to me, for me, I think the number one, accepting correction is probably the hardest for some people. When we say something wrong, we don't want to be corrected. When we do something wrong, we don't want to be corrected. When the minister shows us the scripture, we still want it our own way. The scripture says, keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah, but see, you know, my church told me to keep Sunday instead. And this, this, we can apply it to our day because we see it. People in our families are in this situation. And then who are we to correct them? Right? Prophet is without honor in his own hometown, in his own house. That's one of the things that the prophets had to go through, and that's why, you know, their life was pretty hard. So, are we quick to do what a doctor says, but quicker to disobey the scriptures? A commercial says, nothing in your lifestyle needs to change. I don't know if you've seen this commercial. It gets on my nerves. Just take this pill and you'll lose weight. This is true. I mean, the only reason why it gets on my nerves, too, is because every lunch break, like, like clockwork, here it comes. <laughs> I mean, even the other people are making fun of this commercial. I'll have more energy, more stamina. I mean, you know, um, it sounds like some sermons preached today. Tithe to so-and-so and everything will be fine and dandy. Just tithe here. Don't worry about the rest. I, I know you've seen it, and I know you heard it. And so we do have to make changes in the lifestyle. I mean, a nutritionist will tell you, you're not going to be healthy if you just do something. you got to eat healthy. You have to work out. You have to get good, all of that. You have to do all these things. The same thing goes for our spiritual life. How are you going to learn the scriptures if you never read the scriptures? If you just wait for Sabbath to read the scriptures, how are you going to learn them? How are you going to know if we're not telling you the truth? If you didn't go and investigate all those scriptures that I listed, maybe they spoke to you differently. But to me, you know, I went right there to the source. Yahshua is the source. You want to know the Torah back and forth? You go to Yahshua. He's going to explain it to you. He's going to tell you how to apply it to your life. And he's going to show you how you can be blessed. He's going to show you that blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. It's not going to be all beautiful. But it says rejoice and be exceeding glad because your reward in heaven. Because they did that to the prophets that went before you. So nothing new under the sun. It just sometimes doesn't feel right from the person that's doing the persecution. You thought maybe this person loved you. You thought you know highly of this person, but then when you told them a truth, they just did an about face and became your enemy. So sometimes it hurts, but you got to keep on. It's by our testimony. Proverbs 22:15. Proverbs 22:15. It says, "Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, 
but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. What's it got to do with me? What's it got to do with you? If you're at the age of accountability. Well, in Yahweh's eyes, we're grown children capable of using logic. So do you think that when you get off course, Yahweh's not going to use that rod of correction? Of course he is. This doesn't just apply to little children, little kids. Remember, a lot of us are kids at heart. And we maintain, you know, that same personality. We never changed. You notice some people that are grown, you talk to them about certain truth. They think it's a joke. They think it's funny. So this is a huge problem in our nation because public servants and so-called experts, they want to tell you how to raise your children. This is going on right now. They take prayer away from the schools, right? Okay, so we already lost one, which is, you know, one of the biggest. Elder Don Mansager used to have a thing on his wall. It said, it said, more prayer, more power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. So think about it. You took prayer out of the school. Wow, you snuffed out something real big. Then you inject them. You inject the children right, with all these unclean things, what does that do to a child? Do you think it makes him healthy? No, it doesn't. A lot of times I think I suffered from those shots. It might make you slow. It might make your learning. It might take you more time to learn certain things. You say, why, why do I have such a hard time learning and picking things up? I was fine as a kid. Some people are too frustrated to sit and think before they act. They just don't think. They just pick up a gun and go and shoot up the place. Why? Most of those people had nothing to do with your frustration. Well, remember, no prayer. You go to school, no prayer. And then from then, you know, you get all these other teachings that have nothing to do with the curriculum. You're supposed to learn how to read and write. So you can get out there and be productive. But you know, the scriptures, they warn those public servants to whom honor is due. We, we do owe honor to a lot of our public servants. And we're not supposed to be out here bashing them and talking negative. But sometimes, you know, the truth just sounds negative. But it's not. It's the truth. If somebody is wrong, then they're wrong. I mean, that's not, that's not hate speech. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 10, Psalm chapter 2, verse 10, you see, nobody escapes the correction of Yahweh, especially those that are in a position of influence. Psalm 2, verse 10, it says, Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. We know from the scriptures, look at some of the kings in Judah. They trusted in Yahweh. Forget about what the people said. Forget about what they were thinking. When they found the Torah, some of them even ripped their garments because they knew that they were wrong. And so we don't have baptism 
before Yahshua. All you have is the people being, uh, they were baptized in Moses when they crossed the sea. And a lot of them were, you know, they had the Holy Spirit. Some of them, uh, while they prophesied. Um, but yeah, the true baptism didn't come unto Yahshua. But this is just a symbol, a token of our dedication to Almighty Yahweh. The process continues after that. The radical correction is coming. We talked about that in the study. A lot of us, we're not really per se worried, but we really would like to know ahead of time, you know, what Abba is doing. And, you know, the things that belong to him are private. You know, we only search out those things he gave us. So Revelation 19.15, Revelation 19.15, it says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of El Shaddai. Talking about Yahshua playing no games when he comes back. So that's why he uses his people as instruments to teach others before he comes back. The unrepentant sinner will be very sorrowful. You see, there's a big difference for me. There's a difference between sinners because some will not repent while others are steadily looking for ways to change their life. If I know that I have an issue... I must work on it. I can't just let it slide and think that I'm going to make it into the kingdom. Yahweh is not going to have unrepentant sinners in his kingdom. So whether president or prince, if you are in a position of leadership, you too will be held to a higher degree of accountability. We just read it in Psalm 10. Yahshua is not coming to play church. He's not coming to tell cute stories. Revelation 11.18, Revelation 11.18, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged. And thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Notice those that fear thy name. Why you make such a big deal about Yahweh's name? Because he's only the one that created heaven and earth. He's only the one that created Yahshua. He's only the one that sent Yahshua to die for our sins. He's only the one that raised him from the dead. No other person has been raised like Yahshua has to live forever. So why you make such a big deal about the name? Because it holds salvation. It's a family name. Yah. That's a family name. Both of them carry that name. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every man according as his work shall be. Over and over. You're going to be rewarded according... You're not going to be rewarded according to your ignorance. You're going to be rewarded according to what you did with what you had. The knowledge that you had. So, what did we do with our talents? Did we hide them? Now, I, I read a lot of these scriptures. Some of these are prophetic, but you can apply them to our time because we see how the nation is going. 
And is Abba just going to let anything go? No, he's not. He's holding people accountable. Sometimes we think that he's unfair. But when we look at our ways, you read Ezekiel, when we, when we look at our ways, when we look at how man judges, we're way off. We want to just put the hammer down almost every single time without looking back at ourselves and saying, well, what have I done to compare myself with this guy, to think that I'm better than this person? So what did we do with our talents? Did we run in the corner? Did we hide them? Something that Elder Allen mentioned last week, it hit me. And I told the brother, I said, you know, if the message doesn't step on your toes, man, you have to go back. And listen to it again. Because if Abba is speaking to all of us, then that means we all have to work on something. It might not, it might not be great to you, but application. That's the word. Application. I went to school for 1,800 hours. What did I learn? Did I apply it? Am I using it right now? No, I'm not. Have I used it before? Yes, I have. Switching a light bulb might seem simple to some, or it might be like a big deal to others. But question is, why? Why do you do what you're doing? When the teacher teaches you a lesson, okay, well, why did he teach me that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. 27, uh, these will be my last scriptures, I'll take two more. The Apostle Paul is one champion you can go to, and uh, as great as Paul was, don't snooze on the Apostle Peter, because he's right there with him, he even backs up the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says... But I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The scriptures version from South Africa, Brother Chris Faust calls them the, uh, the ISR, Institute for Scripture Research, it reads this way. But I treat my body severely and make it my slave, lest having proclaimed to others, I myself might be rejected. I would translate that as the mind controls the body, not the other way around. The brain is the one that gives direction. So if we're in our right mind and we have common sense and we use logic, this is what tells us what to do. So this is what you do. You having a problem? You check yourself. And there's a scripture there. It's telling you. You have to keep your body under subjection. That's what Paul did. It might be, you know, easy to say and hard to do, but you can practice it. Second Corinthians ten five. This will be my my closing scripture. Second Corinthians ten five. Just two lessons. Not many. It says they're casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of Elohim and bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of the Messiah. 
So Yahshua said that he's going to reward us according to our works. And over in Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. That's how, well, one scripture says that we overcome by our faith. I think it's in First uh, John. They overcome by their faith. Well, here, John says we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Whatever issue you might have, whatever trial, whatever persecution you might have. But don't forget our testimony. That's how we, we didn't Yahshua say that when people accuse you, you, they're saying that you're doing evil. Oh, you're keeping the Sabbath. Oh, that's for Jews. So they're accusing you. They're saying you're doing evil. Well, but he says your reward is great in heaven because you're doing the right thing, even though people are persecuting you and making fun of you. A brother who is now an elder convinced me by his testimony since I could see repentance in his eye. Have you ever seen somebody, maybe they did something wrong to you, and they feel remorse. You can tell that they feel remorse for what they did. Take the apostle Peter. Did he feel remorse when he denied Yahshua three times? You know he did. But he didn't go hang himself. He went and he corrected the situation. He put his faith in Yahweh. Just like Yahshua told him. Some are being influenced by the Holy Spirit. While others have the Holy Spirit. When you see people that are just learning, yeah, they still sometimes use the titles, but they're learning. They come to Sabbath every now and then, but they, they're making it a regular habit. They're making it a regular habit to clean their diet. Yahweh is calling them. The Spirit is drawing them, but they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. So we apply the scriptures in the same way that we apply those things we learned in school. We learned how to read in school, right? We learned how to write. Some of us better than others, but we, we learned these things. I mean, so if you don't know how to read, how are you going to read the scriptures? Somebody's going to have to read it to you. If you don't know how to write, how are you going to write something down to someone? Maybe a note you want to write to someone. Maybe you want to comfort someone. Maybe when they put the cards on the table and somebody's suffering and you want to write them a note, how are you going to write something for them? How you even, how you even going to know how to spell your name? And so, little by little, we get there. You know, it sure is great having scripture knowledge, but it's even better knowing how to love your neighbor as yourself. And that, to me, is it's almost like taking correction. Find it very difficult to love that person over there that is opposing you. That doesn't really like you. They don't really care what you stand for. They don't care if you have a good testimony. And Yahshua said, love him and pray for him or her, whatever the case might be. In closing, Yahshua said, those whom he loves, he chastens. It doesn't always feel good, but the objective is to produce good fruit. If the apostle Peter and Paul could repent, and bring many to the truth by their testimony and faith. What about us? May Yahweh bless you.